the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today, as we begin our time together here on Abounding Grace, we do so in the book of Galatians. We invite you to join us as we take a look at the authority of the gospel. Coming up next. It is an amazing book. It's forthright. It's in your face. And it is definitive. It lays out the priority, supremacy, and authority of the gospel. It is the book of Galatians. And that is where we find ourselves today on Abounding Grace, the ministry of Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. We welcome you to the program and invite you to spend time with us here in Galatians, the first 15 verses, as well as 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 15 through chapter 4 and verse 8. It's the authority of the gospel, part 1. Here's Pastor Gary with today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. Today we begin a brand new study in the book of Galatians. Galatians was written by the Apostle Paul about 20 years after the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And few books have had a more profound influence on the history of the human race than has this text of about seven pages that can be read and understood in about 30 to 45 minutes. Had the book of Galatians never been written, Christianity may have just been another Jewish sect, and the Western world might have been totally pagan without the slightest Christian influence. Galatians has had a central place in the preaching of the Church of Christ for 2,000 years. In existence today, we have commentaries and references to the book of Galatians going back to the second century from great preachers of the faith like Polycarp, Arrhenius, and Origen. We find commentaries on the book of Galatians back in the 4th century by Jerome and others up to the ninth century. And from the year 900 to the year 1500, very few commentaries were written. But in the 16th century, That is, in the 1500s, through the preaching of one Martin Luther, Galatians exploded onto the scene, and things have never been the same since. In fact, it was the book of Galatians that was the cornerstone of the Protestant Reformation. Luther wrote a commentary on Galatians, and that commentary has been called the battle cry of the Reformation. The Magna Carta of Christian freedom. The Christian declaration of independence. As one has said, Martin Luther put the book of Galatians to his lips as a trumpet to blow the revelry of the Reformation. 
His famous commentary summoned enslaved Christianity to break her chains, to arise and to recover and defend the liberty for which Christ has made us free. I love what Luther said, who was prone to exaggerate a little bit. He said, concerning the book of Galatians, the epistle of Galatians is my epistle. To it I am, as it were, in wedlock. Galatians is my Catherine. And Catherine was, of course, his wife. So why am I beginning a study of Galatians almost at the very beginning of 2019? Very simply, because we need a new reformation. We need a reformation that is more thoroughgoing than the last, because that mighty torrent that was the Protestant Reformation in the 16th century is now a trickling stream And it is polluted at that. And it is my earnest prayer that the message of the book of Galatians will resound again throughout the world. And that God will bring another reformation of his church greater than she has ever experienced before. That will change the entire face of the whole globe. But to change the world. This book will have to change you and I first, individually as well as our children. So it is my earnest prayer that the preaching of this epistle will do to us here at Reformed Charities Church what it did to the world in the 16th century. And it will set you all on fire. The letter to the Galatians was written 2,000 years ago by a Semitic tent maker from Palestine. And yet Galatians is as modern as if it were written yesterday. It deals with the critical issues that still confront Christianity today. And let me mention just a few of them. The primary issue in the world today for Christians and really everyone else is the issue of authority. Why do you believe the things that you believe? Where do you get the particular opinions that you hold about anything? How do you know that what you believe is true and that you are not just fooling yourself? The book of Galatians deals with all of this. What is the content of the gospel? Is salvation by character or is salvation by grace? Is salvation something we have to accomplish and merit? Or is it a free gift of God? Or is there some in-between position? The book of Galatians deals with the issue of the law and the gospel, faith and works, the Old Testament and the New Testament, which is a battle that is raging throughout the church. Does the gospel have any law in it? Is there any gospel in the law? Is the Old Testament just for the Jew and the New Testament for the church? What's the relationship between faith and works? These are tremendous issues that Galatians answers, even the issue of racism. One of the reasons Galatians was written was to refute racism and its racist interpretation of the Christian gospel. 
It also deals with the role of the Holy Spirit in the Christian life, about which there is a great amount of confusion. And it presents clearly the work of the Holy Spirit. Then there's the nature of true freedom. What does it really mean to be free? How do you know when you are free? What is the difference between freedom to do something and license to do whatever you want to do? What is the way to live the Christian life? Do you ask yourself what would Jesus do and then follow your own imagine as to what Jesus would do in a particular situation? Or do you go to the Word of God and ask what Jesus would have you do? The book of Galatians deals with these things. It talks about the reality of false doctrine and false teachers in the church that are as rampant in our culture as they were in the first century church. Paul wrote the book of Galatians to deal with that subject. In fact, the reason Paul wrote the book of Galatians was because the churches that he founded or at least preached to in Galatia were under attack And they were being subverted from the truth by false teachers and false preachers. Look at the first chapter, verses 6 and 7. This is amazing to me. And of course it was to him too. He says, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for another gospel, which is really not another Only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. You see, these were young churches. They had been established by a Holy Spirit-inspired apostle who saw the resurrected Christ. And yet, in just a very brief period of time, they were already turning from the gospel that Paul preached, being subverted away from truth. In fact, they were questioning Two things about Paul, and this is important if you want to understand why the book of Galatians includes the things that it does. They were questioning Paul's authority and questioning his gospel message. Obviously, if these false teachers were to wean the Christians in Galatia away from the apostle Paul, they would have to discredit him some way. So that is exactly what they tried to do. They said, this man is not who he says he is. His authority is contradictory to the word of God. So they said to discredit his authority, which he had to defend in the book of Galatians. Then they tried to pervert his gospel message. They said, Paul is not to be followed, not only because he is a phony, but because his gospel is not the truth. He doesn't accurately represent what God has revealed as to the way men and women and young people are to be reconciled to God. So these false teachers were questioning Paul's authority and were perverting Paul's gospel. And it was to answer both of these subversions that Paul wrote the book of Galatians to establish his divine authority and to explain as clearly as he could what the content of God's gospel really is. The people were subverting the churches there were called Judaizers. And a Judaizer is basically a legalist. That is, he was someone who taught 
that believing in Jesus as your Lord and Savior is good and necessary and important. But another prerequisite for being saved was keeping all of the Old Testament ceremonies such as circumcision. Because keeping all of these ceremonies and and obeying all of these laws are a prerequisite along with faith in Christ in order for a person to be saved. In other words, they made it sound really nice. They said, yes, you must put your faith in Christ because if you don't have faith in Christ, you don't have that grace that only Christ can give that will enable you to merit and purchase salvation by doing all of the right things. You can't do it on your own. You don't have the strength to do it on your own, but you've got to merit it. You've got to make points, enough points with God somewhere along the way to earn eternal life. But you don't have the strength to merit salvation, so you've got to believe in Jesus to get the grace and the power so that you can obey all these ceremonies, obey all these laws, and thereby purchase and earn and merit your own salvation. Now, I said it like that because the doctrine, the gospel of the Judaizers, is the gospel of the Roman Catholic Church. So time and again in this series, I will remind you of this, as I am sure Paul would do if he was here with you today. For this reason, Galatians is a confrontational book. Paul began the book of Romans with, to the beloved of God in Rome. He began the book of Philippians by saying every time he prayed, he thought of them and he loved them and he had a deep affection for them. Well, notice here how he begins the book of Galatians to the churches of Galatia. No beloved, no affection, just to the churches of Galatia. You see, this is a burden on his heart. This is serious business for Paul. He's going right for the juggler. He's going right to the point. I don't have time to fool around now with affection. No, I'm writing this to you, the churches of Galatia, because this is an urgent matter. Now, he did love them. And he did have a tremendous affection for them. In fact, turn to the fourth chapter of Galatians and look at the 19th and 20th verses. And you'll see something of his real affection for him. In fact, that's why he wrote this letter, because of his concern for them. And he said, my children, with whom I again in labor until Christ is formed in you, But I could wish to be present with you now and to change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. So here you have a spiritual father who is really worried about his spiritual children. But the issue is so important to him to establish his authority and to define the gospel so that they will no longer be led astray and be diverted from the truth that he is tremendously combative. He's very confrontational here. Paul does not, in the book of Galatians, pull any punches. 
He is out to demolish his opponent's position, not out of pride, not because he likes to argue, not because he's always looking for the good, but because he knows that in these issues, the gospel is Christ is at stake. In the book of Galatians, Paul is not arguing about secondary and peripheral issues. He's literally defending the heart of Christianity, the very heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because to allow any perversion or compromise or misunderstanding here at this point is to lose any hope for salvation. So he is bold in these verses. Notice what he says in chapter 1, verse 8. He says some strong things because he knows if they don't believe the right gospel, they will go to hell. It says in verse 8, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to that which we, which we preach to you, let him be accursed or let him be condemned. These are strong words. Look at chapter 3, verse 1. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? He's not fooling around here. But look at the strong language in chapter 5. And remember, all of these words are inspired by the Holy Spirit. Now keep in mind, the issue here is circumcision. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 12, would that those who are troubling you would even castrate themselves. Not just being circumcised, but be castrated. And that's in the Greek, by the way. The New American Standard Bible is a little nicer. It says mutilate. So here you have strong language. Because Paul knows when the gospel is perverted, everyone's future salvation is at stake. Now, if you sit down for 30, 45 minutes and... Just read the book of Galatians. You'll see that it really falls into three sections. And you might go ahead and write these down because it'll make it a lot easier for you to follow this epistle as we go forward. In chapters 1 and 2, the issue is authority. In chapter 3, down through chapter 5, verse 12, the issue is the gospel. And in chapter 5, verse 13 through chapter 6, the issue is freedom. In the first third of the book, Paul defends his apostleship and tells them why they should believe him and no one else. In the second third of the epistle, he explains what the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ really is, that it doesn't involve any kind of merit or accomplishment or the earning of anything. It doesn't depend on anything that we contribute at all but it depends on Christ alone. And he works out that great Reformation banner cry, sola fide, that is by faith in Christ alone. That is the great difference between Protestantism and Catholicism. And that was the great difference between Paul and the Judaizers. The Roman Catholics today, like the Judaizers of old, say, we believe in Christ Yes, you must put your faith in Christ or you will never have the power to merit salvation. Paul later on following and Paul and later on following in his footsteps, the reformer said, we believe in faith in Christ alone. No merits, 
no works on our part contributing in any way to the accomplishment of our salvation. Everybody is going to talk about faith in Christ if they claim to be a Christian, but it is that little word alone that makes the difference, whether a person is saved or whether a person is lost. If you, beloved, are trusting in Christ and anything else, baptism, church membership, theological correctness, liturgical correctness, all of the various other sacraments, if you are putting your faith in Christ and in anything else, you are still lost. A person is reconciled with God through faith in Christ alone. Now let me say this as I have said so many times. I am not throwing stones at individual Roman Catholics per se. I have, and I sure you have as well, believe that there are very many godly Catholic people. It is not being anti-Roman Catholic here. It is being anti-Roman Catholicism. And the book of Galatians in the 16th century dropped like a bombshell on the Roman Catholic Church and transformed Europe because it refuted the Roman Catholic gospel in a very mighty way. And I pray that it will drop on this culture like a bomb and not only refute the Roman Catholic Church, but all the various other perverted gospels that are swirling around our culture as well. There are several good commentaries on the book of Galatians that I want to recommend to you, and they are all available today. And you really should have at least one good commentary on the book of Galatians. And one of the best, I believe, is by John Stott called The Message of Galatians, published by InterVarsity Press. It is well outlined and a very reliable commentary. There's also a big old fat book on Galatians, on Calvin's sermons on Galatians, and you can still buy Martin Luther's commentary simply titled Commentary on Galatians. William Hendrickson, my favorite commentator, a contemporary Dutch Calvinist who died just back in the 1980s, has commentaries on all of the New Testament. And his commentary on Galatians is particularly good. And then there is, of course, Rousas Rushduni's commentary on Romans and Galatians. These are all good commentaries worth having. Now let's look at the first five verses of the book of Galatians. And I assure you, we will not get out of the first two today. And the subject of our message today is the authority of the gospel. Paul begins the book by establishing his authority and explaining the heart of the gospel in these first five verses. In the first two verses, he establishes his divine authority. And in verses three through five, he explains the divine content of the gospel that he is to preach. Now, let me remind you again that this thing of authority is a very, very important issue. Most people haven't even thought about it. Most Christians haven't even thought about it. What is your authority for believing what you believe? When you make statements about things, whether it is about God or life or marriage or raising children, ask yourself, how do I know this? 
Why do I believe this is true? Take careful inventory of your own life to find out whether the authority to which you seek to understand life, your final authority that determines what you believe about everything, is it the wisdom of man or is it the wisdom of God? And that'll bring us to the end of our time today here on Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Thank you for joining us today. It's our hope and prayer that we've been able to encourage you in Christ and stimulate your walk in Him. To address questions, comments, prayer requests, or concerns, please call or write to us. We'd love to talk with you. 408-866-5607 is our phone number, 408-866-5607. You're also welcome to visit our website. Drop us an email when you do, reformedheritage.org. Real simple, reformedheritage.org. A lot of information there about who we are. We would invite you again to stop by, reformedheritage.org. Or if you're writing to us, the address is PMB, post mailbox, 402, and the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032. That address can be found on our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, simply call 408-866-5607. Copies of today's program are just $5. Mention today's date, and we'll get a CD out to you. And please remember that we are listener-supported, which means when you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this station. It's a great way to study God's Word together, isn't it? And we'd love to continue to do so. Would you prayerfully consider how God might be leading you to partner with us? We'd love to hear from you. Again, won't you call 408-866-5607 or reformedheritage.org. Sunday services, by the way, if you'd like to join us, are 2 in the afternoon. We're located at Lone Hill Church, 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org. Again, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. Further information can be found again at reformedheritage.org or by calling 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, God bless. (music) 